You're listening to Perpessence with Brian Dussel. Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. I am your host, Brian Dussel. Today's guest is Sarah Betancourt, a.k.a. the mother of marketing. Sarah and I have known each other for over a year now, and she is actually the voice in Season 2's introduction to the Perpessence Podcast. Isn't that awesome? So we had to get her on the show. And today's show is about restructuring your life to serve your purpose and I'm telling you this one I've been excited to release ever since we recorded it and it was a little while ago and we've both been excited so today is actually a good day so without further ado we're gonna jump right on in I happened upon your Instagram and your link tree and it led um motherhustle.com and it was your five steps towards success and it it honestly it blew me away how practical it really is and like how much it makes sense well i think that's that's a big thing like practicality there are so many things that I do, or actually there are so many things that I read and that I watch where there are these women or these men who are giving, you know, moms these tips on how to be successful and overcome obstacles. And it's not a cut and dry kind of thing. And none of the steps that they want you to take are really very practical. Um, And I think that for me, I needed that practicality I needed to write that out so that I could keep myself accountable and also get moms to understand like or parents in general, actually, you don't have to really do all of these crazy like wake up at four o'clock in the morning in order to be a successful person. Like, I'm sorry. No, (laughs) I have tried that. (laughs) Yes. And that's hard to do when you have a full time job and you're a parent and you just have no energy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, like for me, I'm not only running a business and raising a child alone, I'm also getting a master's degree, which is like a part time job. And it's crazy. I don't have all the time in the world. And so like my my whole idea around, um, you know, getting up early to try and squeeze in a couple of hours of working before Fox wakes up. I, you know, I tried to do that. I tried for so long and I was reading all these articles about these women who were able to do it and they were more productive and, and they were seeing more success. And I'm like, I, I am just a dumb person at four o'clock in the morning. I have no brain cells that are working. No amount of coffee can make me feel any better or sound any smarter it's just better for everyone in the world if if i sleep until six (laughs) o'clock uh i have to get up at four for my day job sucks oh god i am so sorry (laughs) and i'm the same way like my body is 8 a.m to midnight that's like when i'm like perfect but unfortunately i have a day job and i you know, there's life and I have to get up at four and someday I may not have to get up at four anymore. One day. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
So we briefly went over the concept of what's the one thing you want to do in your life, and then restructuring life to serve that purpose. Last year, I, I did a full 12 months of nothing but my business. I didn't take on any extra work. Um, I didn't have this really huge um, company that I was working with anymore. It was just me, myself, and I and my business. And I just, I hit this wall about September, October, where I didn't feel like I was serving a greater purpose. I felt like I was just falling into this deep, dark hole of social media and getting sucked up in the influencer lifestyle and trying to show people that I was something that I just really wasn't. And it really frustrated me. And I, I felt like I was losing myself a little bit. So what I ended up doing was, uh, so we'll give a little background. My favorite show is How I Met Your Mother. It is literally my all-time favorite um, sitcom to watch, and I feel like there are so many applicable life lessons in there that not a lot of people tend to remember. So in the final season, there is this episode um, with the mother, who's played by Kristen Melody, and uh, the the naked man, who's referenced in a couple of seasons previous to that, um, who, you know, goes with her back to her apartment. He does the naked man and it's awkward and weird. And she's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And then it turns into this like real life talk where, you know, she she's lost her her the love of her life at that point. She doesn't know what she wants to do anymore. She's just been lost for years and years. And he says to her, like, what's one thing you want to do? in life. And she says that she wants to end poverty. And then he told her, then everything that you do from here on out needs to serve that purpose. So about September, October, I sat down and I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not happy. I feel like I'm constantly on my phone working. I'm constantly working on my laptop. I'm not fully present in any singular moment in life. And it's just beyond frustrating for me. I, I feel so unfulfilled in my personal life. Um, so I said, you know, what's something I want to do? Well, I want to make the world a better place. And, you know, that that's a sentence. It's very vague. I, I see that. Um, but it's different for every single person. Um, so for me, I said, okay, well, if I want to make the world a better place, what does that mean for me? And that means I want to go into politics. I one day want to serve in the Arizona House Senate and I want to pass bills and make new laws and, and help people find ways to really enrich their lives in a couple of different ways. And that can be through education or healthcare or through um, different avenues in life. But I want to be able to have a hand in how that looks for everyone that lives in our in our state in our country um so i i decided okay well i can't be i can't be a social media expert manager forever i gotta start taking the steps towards you know government and politics and so i started applying for um jobs within the local government within the town of gilbert and mesa and chandler um so that i could begin getting some of that groundwork laid out and work towards that goal of serving um or running for state senate which sounds really scary but also really exciting i love scary things um 
And, you know, I think, I think that for everyone that wants to do something more with their life, you need to give yourself the time to recognize what that is and then take all the steps necessary to make your life's purpose happen. Amazing. Um, when you said, when, when you mentioned that you didn't feel present, like that really sticks out to me when you're doing something and you don't feel present, if you are not lost in time or in your state of bliss, like how does someone realize they're not in that? Well, I think for me, um, my, my boyfriend, Ted and I, we talk about this from time to time. Like he, he has a full-time job with a really great company and I'm solopreneur. So like we're on very different ends of the job spectrum and he sees me go through these really high highs where I love what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then he also sees me go through these low, low lows. Like he, he is the one person in my life right now who has seen me at my absolute lowest Uh oh. <laughs> um, which was really great he was amazing and he handled it like a champ and I was like oh my god I love you so much for doing this this is amazing you're perfect you're, you're perfect anyway um, and you know I just I remember after he, he like he came over made me feel better and then he went home um, but I remember sitting there on the couch watching Parks and Rec and watching Leslie Nope, Nope it up and be amazing. Like she is on the show. And I'm like, that is, that is the kind of passion I want to have about what I do now. And I am sitting here with a swollen face cause I've been crying all day, miserable about my situation. And I need to take steps to not feel like this anymore and, and figure this stuff out. Like I, I can't live like this any longer. And it was then in my low, low that I said, okay, we're going to start figuring out what's wrong and we're going to identify what we want to do. Um, and then me being the giant, huge nerd that I am was like, all right, we're going to deep dive into pop culture here. And we're just going to you know, use pop culture to understand what our, our needs and wants are. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it, and I think that that's, that's applicable for a lot of people these days. Pop culture really helps us find out someone to identify with, um, when we feel like we can't identify with somebody. So I identified with, of course, Daenerys Targaryen because my brand is Mother of Marketing um, and just her her raw desire to go after what she wants with as much tenacity as possible and with that with taking no prisoners. And that's the kind of attitude I think our politicians need to have as opposed to, you know, bending over and taking it Um and not, not all politicians are like that. There are some really great ones out there. And there are also some ones that, you know, we're not going to really talk about right now. Um, but and then I look at Leslie Nope and I'm like that the passion and the goofiness and the silliness and the joy that she finds in her job, even though some parts of it might be terrible. That is what I want to incorporate into who I am going forward as well. So taking these these main elements of these different pop culture characters and then discovering how I how, how that fits in with me or how I am like that kind of gave me the direction to start working towards ultimately saying I want to make the world a better place. Because for a long time before that, I'm like, I'm going to break the wheel. I'm going to break this wheel, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, there was something just missing there was that that empathy that was missing as well as opposed to just let's take over the marketing world right yeah 
which you're fantastic at, but I can understand and relate when if you're just doing something and your passion's not there. Yeah. So yeah, so work on on your core wounds. And that's what, a, like, I'm a writer, and when you're writing, like, the shows, a character has to have a core wound. So mm-hmm. what, it, what is your core wound? What is ripping away at your soul, basically? And we have to work on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the pop culture reference. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's how I was raised, and that's the pop culture is all I know. Yeah. And, oh, I love, I love TV, so definitely ever... Ever since like the one-hour dramas, when they got big, it just like that's love right there for me. <laughs> mhm, mhm. Oh God, can we just say like April fourteenth is gonna be the best day ever? Oh, it's the I'm last so excited. last season, right? Mhm. Last season, Game of Thrones. Oh God, everything's gonna happen. I just spent <laughs> like way too much time today looking at Game of Thrones theory, but we're not gonna <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> nice. We keep that secret and safe <laughs> away from the world. Another reference there for you. <laughs> How can we restructure our life to serve our purpose? Well, I think to restructure our life and, and serve our higher purpose as individuals, we kind of need to take a look at how we want success to look for ourselves. And that kind of goes back to the Mother Hustle article that I wrote a while back. Um, gosh, back in June, I think. Um and I, I laid out like five steps that I took towards success, but I also needed to like come to this understanding that when it comes to success and serving our purpose, we need to define it for ourselves, not not as a collective of, of strong, independent women or strong men, but as empowered individuals. There's, there's no need to put gender in front of what success looks like for you because we're all different kinds of people and we approach life differently. Whether you're a, a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, we all we have different approaches, and the same goes for for dads and for men. There, that's that's for my brother. He's very like, don't be all about women, Sarah. Anyway, okay, back on track. Um, so the first step that I took was I went toe to toe with the unhealthy aspects of my life, and for me, it, it wasn't just my career that I have now and my business that were kind of, you know, putting me in an unhealthy position. But it was also my relationship with my son's dad. And, you know, I I have to give credit to Ted here for being the bigger person with his past and everything, because that really is what inspired me and made me want to work on being better with my son's dad, despite anything that he ever did to me. Like, that's it. My relationship with his dad, with Fox's dad, is, is just as apparent. And it has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with Fox. And I had I still, you know, have to cope with that on a daily basis. Cause he was he was controlling and demanding. And when I gave birth to Fox, I, I saw all of that finally. And I just held on to the hate in that. And that toxicity was really driving a nail through my heart every single time I thought about it and would drag me down for hours and would prevent me from being productive and being successful and feeling happy. So I had to go toe-to-toe with that unhealthy feeling and toe-to-toe with the unhealthy 
parts of me who are the workaholic and do nothing that but work every single day um and then and then write down you know what am I going to do to overcome this well the first thing was I had it out with with Fox's dad um I I will say I tried the diplomatic route for a very long time and tried to be peaceful and the calm one and it wasn't working so I took the Daenerys Targaryen approach with this and I went full on dragon on him and uh basically just told him the truth about how Fox talks about him. And I said, you know, your son hates you. He says that he hates you at school. He says it to my mom. He says it to his friends. And he says it to me on a daily basis. If you don't want your son to hate you, you better act a better way. You better be a dad. Change what you do. Change the way you are with him. And be present because you're not now. And you're going to continue to have those issues going forward. So get your shit together, dude. But uh, uh, there was a lot more cursing involved in that. A lot more. A lot more. Uh, and, you know, getting all of that out was actually really great for me. Yes, therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, releasing all of that anger that I have, that I just would hold on to, that, that I had held on to for so many years. And like the difficult thing for people is they feel like they can't express that to someone. But here's the deal. Like if your ex is just not being a great parent and your kids are basically telling you as much as they can, you need to take the action into your own hands and do what you got to do. Whether that's being diplomatic or that's being a dragon, like whatever you need to do, just go and do it. Don't commit a crime, people. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, face it. Face it head yeah, on and take care it. of the situation. Exactly. And, and if it comes out being a nasty confrontation, that's the way that it is. And that's okay. Sometimes, you... Yeah, sometimes life is nasty. Exactly. So, you know, I, I did. I confronted with that. And then I, I talked through, um, you know, what am I going to do to resolve my unhappiness in my career? And started applying for government jobs and understanding, you know, which political direction I want to take and setting myself up for all of those goals. Um, and then after, you know, I I worked through, you know, facing my, my issues head on, I moved on to laying out an action plan that was focused on short and long-term goals. And this is where a lot of people get get overwhelmed with goals because they think that they need to have, I'm going to do this tonight or I'm going to get through the, to this to-do list this month. I'm going to build a website for my brand and I'm going to launch social media and email and all this stuff all at the same time. And it's going to be fantastic. That's just not realistic. Yeah, that would like, be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like if you are, if, if your current job is not your, is your full-time thing and you're transitioning into something else, your transition is your your 10 hour per week type job and you can't put all of this brain power into it because then you're going to suck at your full time job. So making a long term of like by the end of the first quarter or actually depending on when this podcast is released, we'll just say this in months after month three of me implementing and writing content and, and designing this website for myself, I will have launched it. And it will be live 
And I will therefore, or from then on, continue to write a blog every single week and publish that and share that content out there and slowly build momentum towards getting my, my blog or my website to this point where I'm, I'm making income off of it or I have new clients that I'm serving based off of my expertise. And then once I am able to say, okay, I have enough money saved in the bank to then, um, you know, leave my job. I've got six months of, of, of bills saved up. I'm going to leave my current full-time job and pursue my new thing full-time and have this, this safety net and this cushion behind me in case something happens. But don't come at it from the mindset of like, I'm, I might fail at this. You might. This is true. But if you come at it from that mindset of like, I might fail, then you're just going to have that in the back of your head the entire time that you're going to fail and you'll give yourself room to fail and you don't want to do that. Give yourself higher stakes. Um, also, yeah. And also failure isn't the end either. Mm-hmm. Failure is not the end because my God, I failed in September during this whole like <laughs> realization of, Oh my God, I hate what I do. Uh, and you know, I, I lost a lot of money this year, a lot, or in 2018, because it's 2019 now. Um, and I just, I got so hung up on the fact that I had failed and that I just wasn't good at what I did anymore. And it wasn't that. It was that I made a mistake and I fell on my face. And the next step was to pick myself back up, realize and go toe to toe with that mistake correct it and make a plan to not make that mistake again. And, you know, that's, that's just a common sense kind of a thing. And there's no, you don't need to put a bunch of glitter on top of it to make it look all fancy and different. Like it's some kind of new innovative type of, uh, goal or, um, action plan that you're creating for yourself. No, like everyone does this every single day, pick yourself up, brush yourself off, don't make that mistake again. Right. And that's, yeah, right there. I wanted to highlight that. Don't make that mistake again. Correct it. Like you said, like if you don't, like you're just going to repeat it again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think uh, there there's a lot of people who say like, I'm not going to make New Year's resolutions and uh, or I am going to make New Year's resolutions. Like whatever time of year it is, whenever you come to this epiphany of what your greater purpose is, that's the moment that you need to sit down and write all these goals down, like yeah. create a list of short term goals. And these yes. are things that are, you know, within a 12 month time frame. Um, and if you if you want to start a website for your side gig like we, we just discussed, then create a short term goal of having it completed by the end of three or four months, like I gave an example of. Um, and then, you know, make another couple of goals for those next three or four months after that so that you're constantly working towards something bigger and better. You know, just because you hit one goal doesn't mean that goal post goes away. It just moves again mm. and oh, you continue yes. to keep that goal post going. Love it. Um, and then, you know, a long term goal could be, OK, I'm going to launch my website in month three. And then in 18 months, I want to have 50,000 page views per month. Like that's a lot of work to do these days because of the, the amount of competition that's out there when it comes to bloggers, bloggers. Um, so making that a long-term goal and, and working toward that and serving your subsequent short-term goals will help you get there. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a variety of ways that you can hit your long-term goal through other short-term goals, but that's, that's something you guys can go and read in the article. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, so that's the second way. Um, the third way I needed to measure my happiness. So <sighs> happiness is, is, is an emotion and you can't really like measure <laughs> emotion. Um, unless you are a data scientist and, and you're like, no, sir, you can let me show you. <laughs> also, if you can, and you are a data scientist, please contact me. <laughs> I want to know. Um, okay. So when we're at our peak levels of satisfaction, we can still feel kind of unhappy because of whatever might be happening in our life. Like, even though I was genuinely happy with where I was at in life, like I had, a, I had this amazing, I still have this amazing relationship in September when I had these issues and my son was doing really great in school. He was progressing. Um, my family loved me. I had a, a roof over my head, food in my belly. Like these are all great things. And, and lots of times people will say you don't have anything to be unhappy about. But the matter of the fact is, is that, you know, sometimes we do and that's okay. So my, my suggestion is, you know, take the emotional side of your brain and, and, lower the volume a little bit and turn up the volume on your on your logical side and kind of do some research and, and discover, you know, how can I track my happiness levels? What are some ways I can start to understand when negative behavior takes over and I lose some of that positive behavior? So for me, I started journaling and this was something that I picked up from psychology today. Um, they're, a, I mean, it's like one of the most well-known psychology magazines and oh, online yeah. publications. Um, but they, you know, they, they do have a lot of really great practical things that you can try to do when it comes to your emotions and understanding how to take care of yourself mentally. Um, so I started journaling my positive and negative behaviors every single day at the end of the week. I look at how how positive was I this week? How how glass half full did I look at life? Did I was I negative? And if I was negative, then you know I would say, okay, so what are the things that made me behave this way? How did I? Why was I reacting this way? Why did I yell at Fox today for no good reason? And most of the time, I was able to identify that this was based off of something work related. So then, what I decided to do was okay, if I don't like what this is doing to me, this client or this this job or this type of work, then I'm just not going to do it anymore. And this is where the whole money issue came in was I started saying, just saying like, I will, I will be fine if all I have to eat are pasta noodles and I, I can be happy with everything else I have in my life. I will get rid of this client and this type of work and this this thing here and this thing here and I'm not going to do that anymore. It's out of my life. It's done. I'm going to be happy that that is gone. And you know I was. I traded that for for money stress though, <laughs> which was, you know, not necessarily good. So when it comes to measuring your levels of happiness, you can't just, you know, nick something out and move on. You have to understand the consequences and you have to be financially and mentally prepared to face those consequences. Um, and, you know, I, I was to a degree, but not not as much as I, I, I wish I could have been. Um, but anyway, you know, after... After tracking that behavior, I was able to identify the things that weren't making me happy and the things that were. And I did more of the things that did make me happy and less of the things that were not making me happy. Um, I think that if you're feeling 
If you feel like you're exhibiting less than ideal behavior to, you know, coworkers or friends, your partner, your kids, start tracking that behavior with a journal or use your planner. Um, something that's simple and can help you understand where that negativity is coming from and then get rid of it. Just, just peace out. Goodbye. Set it on fire. Leave it alone. The next thing I did was I guarded my time. And a lot of us as parents and a lot of us as entrepreneurs understand that we all pretty much suck at delegating or we suck at managing our time. So um, as as people who are overwhelmed constantly by kids or overwhelmed constantly by opportunity and ideas, we need to make sure that we set time aside for ourselves. This does not mean time with our partner. This does not mean time um, with friends. This means time with you yourself alone, whether that's to go read a book at a coffee shop away from everyone that you know who could possibly bother you or ask you for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and away from phones and things like that. Um, An easy tip for being great at spending time wisely when it comes to that is to really set those boundaries with other people. Um, You know, I I never set a boundary with clients when I first started my business. I was open 24-7 as a single parent, mom, a student. Like, I was like, nope, you can contact me whenever you want. And people would text me at 10 o'clock at night or later. People would text me at four o'clock in the morning or earlier. And, you know, that that was not sustainable. That would wake me up. That's disrupting your sleep. You need sleep. Everybody, you need sleep. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) This is something I still suck at, but I'm getting better. (laughs) You know, like I just got over two weeks of uncontrollably falling asleep at eight o'clock at night. Like it was pretty bad for a while because I was not letting myself sleep. Um. So, you know, in in addition to setting those boundaries with people, when it comes to your time, you also need to make sure that you're delegating. If you're a solo entrepreneur and you have way too much work, you need to hire someone on. And yes, it's going to suck because that means less money for you. But do you know what else that means? It means something better. That means you have more brain space. It means you have more time to do the things that you initially started your business to do, just to spend time with, with family and be more available and more present. The last thing I did, which is number five, was I made my family's happiness a priority. I I came to this point where I was taking on so much stress and so much pain in the work that I was doing that I would unintentionally take it out on Fox. I would be short with him. I would get frustrated. I would tell him to just go play by himself instead of taking time to enjoy my young son playing with dinosaurs and Legos and Star Wars toys. Like these are, these are all things that I love to enjoy too. But I, I, you know, like when you take on all of the stress and you don't set those boundaries and you, you make other, you, you make your work, your priority, you're telling your kids that they're not worth your time. And that's wrong. That's like, I don't care who you are. That's wrong. And you should not do that. And I'm, I'm saying this about myself too. Like I did that and I felt like a horrible, horrible person. I felt the mom guilt that is often spoken of. And I felt just 
like I had failed my child. I wasn't there for him. And I was, when I was there for him, I wasn't fun to be around. And I'm a fun person. Like I should not have been as stressed out as I was. So what I ended up doing was, you know, going back to steps one through four and getting my priorities set and saying Fox is number one. Everything I do needs to come after him. His needs are served first. Next, now that I have a boyfriend and everything, like boyfriend comes next. I think actually between Fox and Ted, their their priority levels switch back and forth depending on, you know, schedule times and stuff. That's that's a benefit of, of being divorced. <laughs> you get a switch priority level sometimes. Um, and then, you know, after that comes family and then after that comes friends and then after that comes work. Work is low on the totem pole because I made it number one for such a long time. And I realized that if I want to be happy with what I'm doing and if I want to serve my greater purpose, I need to make sure that all of the other eggs in my basket aren't broken and leaking everywhere. Yes, I think boundaries is a, we say it, but we don't apply it. And I think boundaries in our life and like enforcing them, don't ever give in. Right from the start, say, no matter what, this is where I draw the line. Like I... For example, I take an hour out every day for myself and I make sure I laugh every day. I make sure I do not go without laughing. Like, I have to laugh every day. If I don't, the next day I can read myself. I'm like, why am I not feeling hot today? Like, why am I feeling kind of low? And I realize I'm like, you know, when I'm laughing, I feel good, right? But mm-hmm. if I laugh every day, it's like I'm charging up my meter. It's like that laugh meter I'm, like, charging it up. And I make it a habit to laugh every day. Find a reason to laugh. Go look for it. You have to. You have to be open to laugh. So you need to engage and, like, you need to – it takes practice. Sometimes you have to set yourself up and you make yourself laugh. That's all right. I do that all the time. And mm-hmm. – I I relax. I meditate. I've been actually lacking in the meditation department, but I just recently got back into it, and and I missed it. I love it. It's so easy, but like, why am I not doing it? It's like I need to, I need to make that a priority. Like, set that time out for myself every mm-hmm. day to do it, even if it's like five minutes. And then every Sunday we have game night, and that is like that wall right or that boundary whatever for Sundays like nope that's a no matter what I don't even care because like that's where I de-stress my whole week like it's so important for all of us as as a group to get together and de-stress and sometimes you have to go out and like de-stress with others not just by yourself yeah I I mean I think I think a really huge thing too. Um, I think we're. I think I might have talked to you about this uh, this morning. Maybe I didn't. Um, so uh, another thing with being a single parent, and and being an entrepreneur who works from home primarily, it gets really lonely. Yes. And last week I was feeling the loneliness super hard, 
And I, on, on Friday, I was just so distraught and upset. And, uh, like, I was able to be pleasant and everything with Fox and be, and be there for him. But I was unhappy and I couldn't figure out why. And then yeah. through a conversation with Wizard Ted, because he's just freaking sage man, <laughs> um, I was like, I know what it is. I know why I'm so upset. I feel lonely. I feel so alone. I miss the camaraderie of fellow coworkers or people that I'm working next to or just being around other human beings. Like, I I would probably say about 80% of my time is spent being alone. And that's not healthy. Like, even if you're talking on the phone in meetings and stuff, you're not in the moment with other people you're not conversing with other people you're not giving yourself the opportunity to like be out there for a last minute hey you want to walk over to chipotle and grab lunch really quick or hey do you want to go grab a cup of coffee and talk about this this problem i'm having at work like i need i need to bounce my ideas off of you like when you work from home and you work alone You either have to wait for your partner to get home or if you're like me, your five-year-old that you pick up from school who's autistic and can't really talk very well, who can't really walk through ideas with you, but you have to wait for someone to become available for you. And then by that time, it's like, well, the moment has passed. I feel feel fine now. I don't really need to talk about it or rehash it. Um, But that's when that, like you said, that journaling comes in. That helped helped me out when I was at my lowest low journaled every day talked into the microphone and i don't even want to know what i said i, I don't i don't go back to that <laughs> like you said burn it whatever the it's lost the tape times. yeah 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 so but like that seriously helped and then being open and honest with others about the bad we we always talk about the good things but we never talk about the bad things and maybe to our very close significant others or people close to us. But once we start being open and other people be open are, are also open and that's when engagement happens. And that's when people are real with each other. And that's when you don't feel lonely. That's not like fake small talk. That's real talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God, Ted was talking about this too. <laughs> <laughs> about being real and honest with with everything that you're feeling and experiencing and it's not just being real with other people but being real with yourself and, and yes. being allowing yourself to come to terms with like i hate what i'm doing right now and i want to feel differently and i am going to do this and this and this in order to change how i feel and move on into a positive direction right and that's when you just feel you feel like a king or queen taking over the world, basically. Mm-hmm. That's where the confidence level comes in, too. Like, you, when you are doing something that you genuinely love and are passionate about and are excited about, that is when you feel so confident in who you are as a person. And that's when you can feel all of the success coming, like, streaming into you and filling you with so much light and happiness. Right, yeah, and we should all feel like that. You don't have to be an entrepreneur, but that feeling mm-hmm. should be harnessed. 
Yes. And anything that you do, whether you're a stay at home parent or you're um, a grandparent or if you're a teacher or a writer or an author or an artist or all right, writer and author are the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like anyway, um, you know, whatever it is that you're doing for your life, whatever your purpose is, if it's not filling you with happiness and if it's not making you feel positive in any aspect do something to change it. Yes. I'm loving it. I'm just going to ask a few more questions before we wrap it up. Okay. If you could go back in time for only one minute, so that's 60 seconds, when you started your journey of facing your struggles head on about five-ish years ago, mm-hmm. what is the single most important thing you would tell yourself? It's okay to be upset and it's okay to be angry. Let that anger flow through you. Let your hate get out. Let yourself do that so that you can allow the positive and the happy parts of life that are coming ahead of you seep in. Get rid of all of the darkness and let the light in. Nice. So yeah, so I had that problem of just keeping it in. That was a big problem of mine. Yeah. I, you know, I, and this is, comes down to what society expects of us as single parents who mm. come from, you know, nasty breakups or, or splits or, or, or amicable ones even, you know, there's still some part of us that feels bitter and angry about that. That's a loss. That's, that's something you need to grieve about and that's okay to do. Yes. And we are told as single parents, especially as single mothers, no. You have to be there 100% for your kids. You can't let them see you cry. You can't let them see you be upset. And what is that teaching our kids? That's teaching them that they can't be upset or angry and that they can't let their emotions fly. But when we do that, that causes so much more inner turmoil that we hold on to for years and years. And it takes physical toll on us. It's even worse now because the kids are seeing that online as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like everyone and their brother are have all these emotions that they don't they don't have anyone to tell. And that you know, like, not trying to bring up like crime or anything in here, but for the people who continue to let their hatred just build inside of them, for some people who are just not stable enough to handle it, they either take their lives or they take the lives of others. Or they do something that's equally as terrible. And you can't you can't let yourself do that. Yeah, people have different thresholds, and uh, I feel for them. Like, I've been through a lot, and I feel like I have a very high threshold. And I don't know if it's what, what part makes the other part go, but if someone had, like, a low threshold, and they – if I just think back with my journey, I'm like – I would feel for them because, like, I went through some shit. And, like, if you yeah. if you have no tolerance, like, uh And everyone goes through life. Everyone has something that happens to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, that's a whole podcast of, a, of itself <laughs> right there. It is. <laughs> so if, if people listening today could take one thing away from this episode, what would that be? If you feel like you're in a personal crisis and you're unhappy and you're you're putting that unhappiness on other people, 
take time away from everything and everyone and understand what thing you want to do. What is going to be your greater purpose in life for you, not for anybody else, for you? What do you need in order to feel that you are thriving instead of just surviving? And go and do that. So what do you have going on in 2019? Well, in 2019, here's hoping that uh, City of Gilbert hires me. <laughs> um, I, I've applied for a bunch of different things. And I am at this point, you know, I'm hoping that one of them gets get, decides that they want me. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, I'm continuing on with uh, Mother of Marketing. We fully transitioned away from the blonde spot, and now we are Mother of Marketing. We still have a team behind us, and we still do and manage other people's social media. But we are moving more in the direction of social coaching and building customized social implementation plans for people um, so that we can kind of, you know, work on bigger picture things, which is what I really enjoy doing more as opposed to the day-to-day management. Um, When it comes to taking on new clients for um, projects that we manage, we're really looking to only work with personal brands moving forward. Uh, We find that the relationships last a lot longer they're more sustainable over time and their work is just what we enjoy more because it's it's more of that relationship building, which is really what we're about, building better connections with others. Um, and then, you know, I, I have some goals to finish my Instagram masterclass series. Um, I've transitioned away from teaching the class live to teaching it through video and having group sessions every single month. So details about that will, will, will come later on in the year, probably after summertime, taking my time with it. I did a lot of beta testing, um, in 2017 and 2018. And then, yeah, just living life, um, being Fox's mom, being a good girlfriend to Ted, which is, the officially the longest relationship I have had in a, a long time. Um, and just, you know, finding joy in the little moments and also graduating with a master's degree in May. That's really cool. So, yes, I get to see you starting a brand new journey then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm pivoting. I'm in a, a mastermind group where, where we literally have called ourselves Pivot because we're all pivoting into a different direction away from what we do now. <laughs> That's cool. And yeah, definitely keep us up to date on your uh, political journey. I will do whatever I can to support you. Yes, that would be amazing. Sarah Sarah for State Senate twenty. 20- God, what's 10 years from now? 20, uh, that would be 2030. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 10 years, that's uh, usually what it takes to get something like full-blown serious, like full-blown career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and since I've already spent the last 10 years building it in, in, in marketing and social media, you know, pivoting into politics is going to take some time too. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. Like how... All right, so how you had something that you were very skilled at and you're kind of not feeling passionate and now you found your passion, but like the skills you developed 
like that's gonna make you so much like you're way ahead of the game now like oh yeah when you start your new journey it's like wow like I have these skills that like I don't think very many people have like yeah wow like the psychology of customer service, the importance of customer service, the different philosophies that come with, you know, business ownership, um, understanding how to run a business, uh, manage people, market yourself, um, speaking, all of the things. Like I, I have so many different skill sets that are going to do nothing but serve me. Um, yes. When I when it comes time for them to to yeah. come out. Because you took the time to develop those skills. Mm-hmm. And yes, like I totally agree you should delegate, but you should also try yourself. And when you like l- actually try it, be serious about it. And if you're not good at it, get some help and say, I'm not good at this. But you still understand that department. And when you move on, you still have a gist of it and you can bring it with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So where can people find you? People can find me at Mother of Marketing on Instagram. And you can also find me on Twitter. Um, It's still the same name, Mother of Marketing, but it's spelled M-T-H-R of Marketing. Uh, Twitter would not let me have the full name, evil (laughs) Twitter. Um, And then I know I'm bebopping around town and hanging out at coffee shops and parks and all those things. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah. So, um, no, actually, because I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm out of beta and I'm, I'm back into building. So I do recommend people to follow your Instagram because it is delightful and entertaining and educational. Yes, the lots of lots of marketing and Instagram tips on there, um, kind of priming everyone up for what I've got coming later on this year. Mm-hmm. So, what is one thing you've learned that made you change your outlook on life? So, let's let's say something you've learned from someone else. Oh, I think. Something that I've learned from Fox is just to just to laugh, which is like super cheesy. <laughs> no, I totally love it. <laughs> but that, like, that's the thing: kids laugh at everything. He yeah. laughed at a rabbit chasing a turtle. Like that's that's silly. But at the same time, like he found joy in that. So to take that even deeper, like. Find joy in anything you can. Yes, I love kids. They're they're not embarrassed by anything. They no, full blown silly. Mm-hmm. And then it's, we and we get to be silly with them, and we yes. look we look ridiculous, but we love it. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's your true self right there. Yeah, I mean, like when. Fox gets that look in his eye and he takes the lightsaber down off the wall and turns it on and hands it to me. I know it's on and I know that it's going to be amazing whether I, I get my arm cut off that time or not. <laughs>